Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laurel Langmire's weekly market awareness broadcast. Happy to have you all here. Superstar episode with a number of special guests that we are going to be speaking to here in a little bit. Before we get started, before we go live on all of our social channels, I'll remind everyone that this is a live back and forth. So if you have questions or things you want to ask our guests, we're happy to answer those questions with the team. Simply type into the Q&A box or the chat box below, and we will give you the opportunity to have your questions be answered by the experts on today's call. Obviously, there's been a lot going on in in the markets, in the crypto space, along with some of the other um, things we have going on just in current events. So really happy to have this plethora of guests on today and get their take on what we have going on and just get uh, that market update. So, Laurel, how are we doing today, ma'am? We're good. We are good. And uh, thanks for that. I know you've got to jump off. We are going to have a guest joining us a, a little bit throughout. And uh, when he joins, Ron the Ground will be back. Um, we, he was on a week ago, several weeks ago, I think. And tomorrow we have a huge webinar planned for him. So, uh, Steve, if you want to put in the chat, but it's asklaurel.com forward slash terms. And he's going to talk about buying real estate on terms. So he's going to give a quick additional conversation about why come tomorrow. And that'll be from 1 to about 2.33 o'clock. He usually goes quite long, answers a lot of questions. And uh, that is what we're going to be doing tomorrow with him. But in the meantime, and throughout the next hour or so, we are going to be talking to a panel I assembled. I called Randy um, during this uh, interesting, if you even call this an election. What I love is that Trump is still the president of the United States, and they can announce all they want that they think they stole it. I am a huge competitive athlete and uh, probably dividing my database at my, you know, my whole team's, you know, concern, you know, like Randy, you talked about, we're huge athletes. Winning fair and square is winning fair and square. But when dead people vote, I got a hell of a problem with it. So here's the real challenge. And I'd love to know those of you that are watching, you know, on, on a scale of one to 10, 10 meaning like high, high, high concern of living in uncertainty, because we're going to be living in, in this uncertainty for a while. So I asked the panel to come together to talk about in this climate of uncertainty, regardless of what's going on, I've already said my little piece about it. I might say some more, but right now that's good for now. Um, in this climate, what do people do? I don't know how many people have been calling. I know, Randy, you got calls off the hook. I don't know how you are, Ken or Warren or Chris, about what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Do we sell our real estate? If uh, taxes go up, there's a lot of if. Right. So let's have that conversation. And uh, first of all, though, before we go there, Randy and Kelly just want to acknowledge they won a massive award. Randy, tell us where you guys were this morning uh, receiving a huge award for IPLIP, which is a huge underpin in infrastructure of this community. So congratulations. Tell us what you won. We were on the Global FinTech Awards for the Benzinga Global FinTech Awards today, and we're the best alternative investment platform. And so, you know, competing against like the Robin Hoods of the world. I was just going to say, uh, that beat Robin Hood then, right? Yeah. It was nice to be nominated, nice to be part of the finalist group. And, it, you know, just exciting to be on their award show and make be able to present to 24,000 people, paid attendees. 
So it's a big audience, big group. Um, pretty fired up about it. It was, it's been a good morning and lucky I wasn't going to be able to be on here, but because I had my times messed up, I thought it was West Coast, but it was East Coast. So I went presented early this morning and it was all good. Awesome. So Kelly, talk about the market um, as we go through these uh, uncertain times. The market obviously surged a little. Interesting coincidence. We all of a sudden have a vaccine. I wonder how much stock, you know, the other side got for that. So what should people do in this uncertain time of the market? Chris Klein, you're dying. I'm just out there poking. I got to throw arrows. Oh, that was that what got me too. I was like, what a conundrum. A few days after. What a few days after. Yeah. I wonder how much stock play that happened. Yeah. Anyway, Kelly, I know you're, you'll be the agnostic nice one here on the panel. So, like, talk about the stock market. Then we're going to go around. Ken Stark's going to talk about mortgage. Chris Klein's going to talk about digital currencies. Warren Terrell is CPA. And they're going to talk about what potentially could happen and uh, just the conversations going on in the tax world. So, Kelly. Thank you, Laurel. Good to be here again. Um, I think the last time we did one of these was a couple of weeks ago, and that was about a week or so prior to the election. And I'm happy to say I in this particular case, I prognosticated correctly, and the market did rally after the election. It was actually pretty easy to see for me in this one because it's something that was pretty obvious that it didn't make any difference who won the presidential election in terms of where the markets are going to go right after the vote. And as it stands, I think everybody would agree that um, a divided Congress is um, good for business. So it's because they know that, hey, it's very difficult to put on new taxes, very difficult to make certain kinds of changes, especially with an aggressive democratic agenda or what they would like to have. That being said, I will say this, the market, as everybody might have saw this week and uh, sorry, last week, exploded higher all week long. And um, Monday, yesterday, it actually may have put in a little baby top for the NASDAQ for the remainder of the year. What do I think is going to happen? I can tell you over the end of the first quarter, the market is going higher. And there's a lot of reasons for it. The vaccine is a big part of it. But all sectors will not go up the same. So notice that in the short run, um, be a little leery of technology. They already had their rally throughout the COVID experience. Now that Trump is being correct, that we actually are rounding the corner, the rest of the market has time to run now. So, for example, the stocks like oil really um, exploded yesterday. The recovery stocks for restaurants like Darden, the recovery stocks like Carnival Cruise Lines, these are stocks that have gone up massively just in a single day, literally 40% higher in some cases, in a single day on large cap stocks. So that's remarkable. But believe it or not, they have a long way to go. These were stocks that were suppressed deeply. But don't be fooled by this, folks. Um, There is a lot of danger out there. There are potholes in the market everywhere, whether it's just equities or real estate or Bitcoin, all of them. All of these are good markets. But there are potholes the size of SUVs that you could fall into very easily in the coming months. So I would recommend to anybody when they get into the market, no matter which one it is, be careful here because there is still time in the possibility of strife inside the country. 
uh, strife inside of Congress. We still have a few things that are yet to be known. For example, the Senate should be remain Republican, but we don't know that. And there's a chance it, something weird could happen. Something weird could happen if Trump actually wins, if there really was fraud, which there is data that shows that. Yeah. If it gets challenged, there's some of these states can turn and then you could see civil unrest. That's a pothole. And that would carry all the markets down deeply uh, and make everybody wary. So I'm generally optimistic of the market, but there is a tremendous amount of new risk that remains over the next, I would say, 90 days up until the inauguration. That's 10 weeks, but we can go a little further than that. So if you have any specific questions, I'm happy to answer. But there's the general thing. Um, we're going higher in the market, but with not without a lot of volatility. Yeah. So uh, seeing along the market trends, Chris Klein, uh, talk a little bit about where digital currency, specifically uh, Bitcoin and some of the top coins are going. Yeah, it's been an interesting week uh, since the announcement. Obviously, the uh, announcement on a Saturday. And so that leaves a couple of days for the market to do what the market does and coil and, and had a very interesting explosion on on Monday. Kelly puts it perfectly that there's a lot of upside, but there is a lot of potholes in every market yep. condition that's out there right now uh, with the uncertainty. What was what was nice so far this year is that Bitcoin has proven itself in uncertain times. It recovered the, the fastest from the fallout of all markets in March, especially on Monday when I watched oil jump 10% and retrace, market jump almost 6% and retrace back to about four and a half, and gold just get absolutely slaughtered like $50 in the same day. Bitcoin was like the most common stable asset, which you would never think that in, in, uh, when you think about all these products together. Forecast-wise, or at least looking forward-wise, you got a big announcement that came from PayPal a week ago, where they're going to open up the, the doors to all users globally for cryptocurrency if you're on PayPal. So that that's a catalyst of mainstream adoption. You could get really technical and look at the fact that uh, Bitcoin touched about 16.6 last week, which was a, a key component when you look at it from the technical standpoint. So obviously, it's found its, its current ceiling. It's going to bounce off that a little bit. And what it tends to do is it finds ranges. 2020 has been a range year for cryptocurrency where they sit and they'll stay there for a while, but you can never know when they're going to pop out of them one direction or the other. But uh, it was it's interesting. You look back at people that in January that were, were uh, predicting Bitcoin at 15 to 20,000 by the year end. Most people, including you, Laura, we hadn't met yet, probably would have been like, maybe, but that's pretty optimistic considering the years that crypto's had. Uh, this could be, um, it smells like the beginnings of a potential another bull run. It moves fast and quick. And so positioning is key, just like with every other market uh, process out there. And I echo Kelly's statement that diversification helps folks so that they don't have to put all their eggs in one basket and hope for one market. There's so many opportunities out there that diversification is fundamental. Yep, absolutely. So, Warren, we're going to get to you on a CPA and tax conversation as well as Ken and mortgage. But uh, Ron the Grand is here. And uh, like I said, we're going to pop in and give him some conversation. You're muted right now, Mr. Ron. Hear me now? There we go. How are you, Ron? So, I'm good. So you had to turn on the mic to make it work, Laurel. That does help us that, sometimes. So we're having that's too much for me. That's way too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you jumping on. We are having a conversation here with, uh, I know, you know, Randy Tate uh, from Flip Wall Street and Kelly Corsick, who has uh, designed it. Uh, yep, Warren's yep. one of our top CPAs, Ken Mortgage, Chris Klein, and Digital Currency. We're talking about the economic truth of what's going on in this uh, uncertainty. And uh, obviously, you know, I started the broadcast, as you would appreciate, 
is Trump still is the president of the United States. And uh, we'll just hope we keep him there. So uh, real estate, um, give a little economic update. And then really, I just promise I want to run on for only a few minutes. Um, but you are welcome to contribute to this conversation, as I know you would brilliantly. Really, he's on because we're promoting his webinar tomorrow. He and I did a call a few weeks ago. And again, we've had the link in the chat. We've been marketing for tomorrow at one o'clock uh, Pacific time. The uh, link is askfloral.com forward slash terms. And Ron's going to talk about buying real estate on terms. So, Ron, do you want to talk Damn. a little bit? Give us a market so, economic update, like, uh, you know, talk about our marketing economy. economic update would be worthless information coming from me and probably anybody else because it's all just a guess anyway, especially when we don't know who's going to wind up being president, which I think is going to make a, the big difference. The truth is, Laurel, I. I try to tell people all the time, quit worrying about all the things you don't control and only worry about the market in your house. Get your cash flow up and then all this stuff won't bother you as much. And um, then, you know, that's what I'm all about, getting that cash flow way up. So are you. So is most of the people you talk to. And that's what I'm going to be doing on the webinar tomorrow, talking about getting the cash flow up. And not only that, building the wealth, creating the residual income, not just flipping, flipping, flipping and getting the check and have to keep doing it, paying little or no taxes and actually getting paid now, paid monthly, and paid later, which is both of our favorite ways to get paid multiple times, isn't it? Yep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through step-by-step step what I do and what so many thousands of my folks are going to be doing as well. Yep, absolutely. And uh, again, talking about terms, how to buy primarily single family, but what you do also mm. works across commercial. Mm. I know you've done it across all Indeed. Indeed. I'm buying land on terms right now. But we are going to be talking about single family houses tomorrow. So anybody can enter there and start making money quickly. Yep. And maybe your folks, all of them don't know what we're talking about when we say terms. Nothing really creative. People call this creative financing. It's not that creative. We buy with owner financing and I put lease option tenant buyers in the other end. It's not all that creative. But there are certain steps that have to go into it. And certain myths that we have to explode, people think is going on in real estate, which is not reality. And and frankly, I, no way I want anybody to use their credit and very little money. So I also spend time talking about avoiding risk. And then, of course, automation is one of my favorite subjects today. Delegation, automation, systemization, so that we can get the hell out of the way, <laughs> let the business run without us in it all day and take our life back, get out of the minutiae. Absolutely. So those of you who want to join, um, again, go to asworld.com forward slash terms, and we will be back tomorrow at uh, one sharp Pacific Standard Time. And uh, it'll be at least an hour and a half. Ron does, uh, as I said earlier. Good questions. Good yep, questions. A lot of questions. That's what I was saying is okay. um, we will go as long as the questions go. So uh, look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow and appreciate you jump back on and encourage everybody to come. Always a pleasure, ma'am. Thank you. And you are welcome to uh, hang for the rest of the panel if you want. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. I, I got to go to work. I'm in the middle of a training, actually. All right. Well, tell them all hi. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks, dear. See you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. So uh, back to our economic truth panel. Uh, Randy and Kelly talked a little bit about the market. Chris, uh, about digital currency. We're going to blend the whole conversation and uh, really make it more of a conversation uh, once we go around. But Warren, talk about taxes and where we're going to end up. We've had uh, an extraordinary run in the economy in the last almost four years. Right. And so, you know, we started off before we hit into the China virus time, right? Yep. I think 
for me, my clients, I thought we saw 2019 was probably the most successful year I've seen for all of my clients as, as a whole. And 2020 was tracking that way. And then all of a sudden, but we are where we are. I was very happy in the election that I saw it look like uh, the Republicans were going to keep the keep the Senate, which, you know, as Kelly was saying, we like a uh, split government. I think we say that tongue in cheek a little bit. We like a split government if there's Democrats at the top of it. I I think uh, we we nobody would object if we can get another round of uh, tax cuts and things through. I don't think there'd be too too many of us that would be upset about that. And as the week went on, though, it looked like some uh, I'm, I'm, you know this is straight talk, right? So it looked like the shenanigans that were going on at the top of the ticket started bleeding down to the bottom of the ticket, and slowly that Senate uh, majority started to erode and. Yeah, it's a slim chance, but if we're talking the same thing that turned Georgia blue, and now we have a runoff in Georgia and the same people are running the election down there, I heard, this is what I heard, that the Democrats have raised $1 billion to spend in Georgia on the election campaign. $1 billion in one state. It's never happened before. A lot of corruption. Wonder who's getting paid. So I, I'm not as confident that we hold on to the Senate. And what is uh, holding on to the Senate means? It means not holding on to the tax cuts that we just got. Yeah. And on top of that, tax increases. Now, Biden talks about he wants to repeal the tax cut for everybody making $450,000 a year or more. Well, that's not how taxes work. The package isn't there. There's millions of little pieces in that tax cut. And there's no way to really parse that out in any logical fashion that says, it's only going to affect people that make four hundred fifty thousand dollars more. There's, it, it's, it's not possible. It just shows that he has no idea what was in the tax bill. He just knew he was against it because Trump was for it. That was purely it. And so, if there's anything changing in the tax law, it's going to affect everybody, or it's going to affect nobody. Or they're going to leave the tax cut in place and have to come up with an entirely new tax package that's just going to add taxes on top of people making four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Which means what we get to do, we get to make sure that we don't make more than $450,000. And that doesn't mean that you're going to leave money on the table. It means we're going to use other things. The, the Democrats don't understand sometimes and the public doesn't understand sometimes when we talk about $450,000 of income and then, oh, these people are getting all these deductions. No, 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 no. You don't understand how the game is played. We don't get to $450,000 income because we have more expenses, because we're taking write-offs. So we're doing things that are going to keep our income possibly, hopefully, below that level, even though we're making the money. So we don't care if you take away some of those deductions because we don't want to get to that level in the first place. Yep. Sorry, I'm ranting. No, it's, it's, it's really important because, you know, I would say the integrity of what we teach, my God, Randy and I've traveled the world together teaching this, you know, who they're talking about in general, what the public understands is that the 450 are employees, right? I'm going to say, and I can say their names. Some of us know them. They are the, you know, very, very high paid military. They're the airline captains and first officers. Some of them, I know some firefighters that do huge double time shifts and get, you know, double, triple time in their uh, overtime. I mean, we're talking about people on the front line that, that employees. We're not talking about us, right? If you're employed, well, what do we teach you? Go get a company, right? Do something to 
create some uh, revenue. That's why we do our marketplace. But inside that company, you now have the legal deductions. So what Warren's talking about is getting your company making money, taking advantage of the legal deductions. But most people don't realize that's not how this is. So, or, or even how it's even taxed or looked at. You know, it's interesting in Canada, everyone knows I'm married to a Canadian. What's the, the way they're handling this is it looks like they're almost going to double, if not at least 50%, will take their provincial and federal tax. And some of them are going to be taxed at like just at the base rate of 15%. That's not the employment rate of 55 to 62. So it's insane. I don't even know how anybody could even run a company up there. Hence why my husband moved down here. So let's just say the worst case. What are some of the strategies, Warren? Just keep corporate structure up, keep the deductions. I also heard they're going to take a lot of the entrepreneurial deductions away, though. Well, it really depends where they look. I mean, if they leave real estate fairly much alone the way it is now, people are going to have to start figuring out a way to qualify as real estate professionals. And that keeps you under 450000 We can do that all day long with the way the rules are. If they start monkeying with those rules too, we'll have to do a little bit more thinking. But definitely, there's no way you survive this without having your own business. It's my way of thinking, you want to pay 57% tax, go ahead, stay an employee. And that's about all. There'll be nothing left of that. You've got to be in a business. And on top of that, start becoming a significant investor, not just playing around, but you really need to focus on being a significant investor. I don't think those tax breaks are going to be touched as easily because they're not understood. And Congress people really aren't that smart uh, <laughs> when it comes down to it. So it's got to be all about you and taking care of yourself. I Laurel always talks about living the corporate life. We're yep. doing it. I do worry about C Corp, so I shied away from C Corps, even though they, you know, everybody got excited when they dropped the tax rate to 21% and started saying you don't need S Corps as C Corps. It never was comfortable with me. And then one of the very first thing and the easy thing to do for Biden would be to, he already said, increase that tax rate to, uh, to 29%, which is a 39% increase. Companies can't make it there, but you know, you just get a different kind of company. I mean, it's what they right. do. I mean, you know, you know, I flew into uh, Dublin, Ireland. I think, Randy, you were with me. And uh, the very narrative that's being manipulated, there they are in Ireland, 12% corporate tax. Facebook, Google, who else is over there? I mean, all of them, right? Their, their Twitter's right there. All of their corporate headquarters are based in Ireland with subsidiaries back here in the United States. Interesting way to avoid all that. So it wouldn't even affect them. Let's bring Ken Starks into the conversation. We're going to come back and I'll talk about it. So what's going to happen in mortgages, Remy? Right now, you're killing it. So many people are refining and uh, interest rates are low. So I call it the Paula Abdul. We took two steps forward and we took two steps back. (laughs) (laughs) Because when the market thought that Trump was going to be the winner, the market like that, the bond market like that, Um, not so much now that Biden's a presumed nominee or presumed winner. So, you know, I mean, rates are still strong. And, you know, I've been, I've been surveying a lot of our capital markets folks to get a feel for, you know, going forward. All recessions, with the exception of 2008, real estate is typically the vehicle that pulls us out of recession. So values continue to go up. Rates, you know, the Federal Reserve has said we're going to be the buyer of last resort. We'll buy all the mortgage-backed securities that we can, meaning what that translates to is money going into bonds, liquidity going into bonds, which is keeps rates artificially low. A lot of markets that we work in across the country, there's still no inventory. 
and there's still a lot of demand and purchase is coming on strong. So, you know, that bodes well for continued increase in value, continued low rates. And, you know, because that, that also stokes consumer spending when people use their homes as ATMs, right? So while we wouldn't do that here in this community, that's a common practice. That's what I'm seeing on the outlook. Um, rates continuing to stay low, sub 3%, demand continuing to be high for real estate, supply continuing to be short. So, and then post-COVID, starting to see a lot of resurgence of um, products that, that went away. What we would call no ratio or stated income on owner-occupied properties is back. Second mortgages to 85 and or 90% simultaneously or after each other is also back. The alternative programs like bank savings and whatnot, back. So all in all, you know, I see us recovering well from COVID. Um, and going forward, I see, you know, for those who qualify, continued low 30-year fixed rates. Yep, 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 yep. So like you said, Warren, I mean, buying real estate is critical. The other high deduction categories, uh, gas and oil, they want to, you know, reduce fracking. It's so interesting. You know, Randy, we've already kind of made a little hit at it. But I think, you know, from a, a laser call and a table education, it's really important people understand money rules because there are people who voted Biden who have 250 to 500,000 that I know of that in gas and oil. And they're fracking all the time. So like the incongruency of people investing to their values and their money rule, it's interesting out there. But uh, Warren, what other kinds of things would people invest in for those levels of deductions? Well, it's funny you mentioned that a little bit. So a lot of my clients that decided they were still going to vote for Biden were telling me, I was talking about tax and they said, I don't care. I hired you. You'll take care of that. You'll figure it out. Like, okay, tie all my hands behind my back and then still blame. And then it'll be my fault. But, you know, you you wrote it the way you did. No, oil and gas is a really good tip because it's a really good tool that I've always used. But in the past year or so, I've kind of shied away from it because at the price per barrel, it not only do you have to get a tax break, it has to be a good investment too, right? You don't want to invest in something just because you can deduct it. it, That that doesn't make any sense. Even even with Biden, we won't be at the 100% tax bracket. So. We don't want to lose money just because it's deductible, but it could be a positive if you want to turn it this way that oil prices will go up. So maybe oil and gas investments are not a horrible idea because we'll still get the tax break. So thinking about it like for this year, and I've been talking about people, CX over here, right? Oh, well, over here, wherever it is, over my shoulder there. Yeah, it's the end of the year coming. And so we're doing year end planning with a lot of people and we've been talking oil and gas. And it's a great tax break. It's got to make sense investment-wise for you. And so I'm telling them, it's your gamble, right? Do you think we're going to turn the corner? Do you think the oil and gas prices are going to recover? And certainly, if we start restricting fracking, the prices are going to go up, right? If we go back to more offshore oil, prices are going to go up. So how do you want to bet on this one? Yeah. Randy, Kelly, Chris, want to jump in? Any of you? What uh, other places do you want to have a conversation? I'm looking for uh, Michelle Drake. Just, I mean, go to your Canada Revenue. It's all over the documents on the tax code for your province. Uh, Well, I would, you know, one thing I'll jump in, Laurel, and, you know, I preach this all the time in this community, is if you don't have your money rules set, you better get them set. Because no matter how good gas and oil is, cannabis is, the stock market is, crypto is, it doesn't matter. 
real estate. Doesn't matter if you just randomly go start throwing your money out there to. Yeah, I think I heard this on a webinar. I can go get this. You know, your one, your expectations are going to be so screwed. There's no way anybody can match or perform to what you think is might might happen. And you know, the, the challenge becomes to the folks that are out there. If you don't have your money rules set, I know you got a recorded webinar somewhere. I did. <laughs> you got to have one. Go watch the dang thing. Get your money rules tight because. You're going to need them like you've never needed them before. You're going to need the right, like Chris said, the right diversification. How much do you put in the crypto thing versus the stock thing versus the real estate thing versus all the other stuff and make sure they're aligned and then hold to it. You can't say there are people on this call that aren't going to do it. And in two years are going to be sideways or upside down and or bent over backwards and complaining and whining. And they'll be blaming somebody. But we can't control, like Ron said, we can't control what we can't control. So let's make sure our team is with us. Make sure we got the right accountants, you know, Laura. Make sure we got the right participation in the stock market. Make sure we're putting the – we're not just randomly out there buying random coins, right? Talk to freaking Chris. He might know a thing or two about it. Um, If you're going to do it, do it right. And so just get yourself together, people. You know, like I can't stress that enough. If you haven't done it yet, you, now you better do it. Yeah. So I'll get on myself. We're, we're all throwing away things now. Like people like people are changing. Actually, it's a great moment, right? Because people are mad. People are pissed off about things. People are, uh, are not watching Fox anymore. I'm not going to Facebook anymore. People are abandoning all these things. Like, good. Abandon some of the bad habits we have too. And let's focus. And to make this a complete turn, we got just make this an early New Year's resolution, but really need it this time. And let's refocus everything. Yep. Because the only thing, uh, and I love that Rams, you know, went there, is what we've been talking about since COVID began, which is the only thing you really can control is what's going on in your and your family's, you know, household. And, you know, that strategy, that infrastructure, we call it is making sure that you are incorporated. Um, Scott couldn't join us today, uh, but get that done now. I mean, there are, the government agencies are so backed up. I mean, Warren, how, how long, yeah, in your opinion, or any of you guys can talk about just the agencies are, I mean, getting a passport, I know it's taken like even my daughter up to, uh, she had a name change, so it took a little more delay, but it took over five months to get that, it took a couple months to get her new social, get the birth certificate. It took me four months to get my passport. Yeah. yeah. Renewed. Just got it back. I was starting to panic. I wasn't going to get to go to Mexico. <laughs> there was a report sometime in September that the IRS had, what was it, 11 million pieces of unopened mail that included people's payments, responding to uh, to questions the IRS had. And they had, they had tractor trailers lined up at the processing centers just full of mail that they haven't had a chance to get to yet because they're basically closed three and a half months. Yep. Yep. So getting your corporate structure, you say, well, what do I do today? Make sure um, if you are employed, make sure you have a company, make sure that gets set up. So you get your EIN, you get your new bank accounts, so you can uh, do legal deductions, at least save 2020 is uh, what we're talking about with that. And then you get with someone like Warren. I know a lot of you also are with uh, Weldon, some of you with Hudson. Those are, you know, our top guys in our community. But make sure you're having that year-end tax planning session. Get with your big table, folks. Pamela said, you know, where is uh, the money rules? So it is on the big table site. I'll make sure uh, Damon and Steve, the team, put it up front and center and uh, put up front and center some of the things that we know as a table member you need to be doing, even as a 100K member uh, or as a member of our community. Obviously, if you don't have any assets to invest or cash to invest, money rules, you know, still needs to be looked at. 
you know, because I think a lot of you know the way we teach it is I want you motivated to make money in your new entrepreneurial venture, whatever that is, and making some cash so you can learn to invest it. And as you know, with Randy helping teach it, putting it at least in flip, even if it's just a, a, a safe base to store and keep your cash. Um, a lot of you need to get your self-directed IRA set up. Chris, maybe talk a little more about uh, how, I mean, people can go directly to you, but really your specialty is qualified plans. And I think, you know, the king of the kingdom is the Roth buying into a mm-hmm. lot of the gold and digital. So maybe share that as another, you know, just deepen that conversation a little bit. Yeah, you've got you've got options for exposure to pretty much any of the assets out there. You've got a choice to go with direct cash or you've got a choice to go with some kind of qualified funds like a Roth, traditional or SEP or even simple IRA that's out there. Uh, some folks may already have a solo case or LLC IRA set up. If you go after these investments with those types of funds, you have the benefit of if Bitcoin does wild things and there's $100,000 per Bitcoin someday, you'd done it in a setting, specifically a Roth, where all of those gains uh, are going to be tax-free upon distribution, which is amazing. That's, I mean, that's how you beat the game is using the Roth the right way. But you also always have the qual- the non-qualified option. If you don't, you make too much money, haven't started your Roth or you don't have it set up that way. Exposure, uh, even in a non-qualified setting, is great. I do recommend that, like Randy said, you don't just go buy random coins at random exchanges. There's a lot of reputation risk in new in new spaces. The stocks have been around for a long time, so they've weeded out the bad guys, right? Uh, same with real estate. It's been around a long time. We weeded out a lot of the problems with it. Uh, crypto is still young, and so there's a lot of exchanges that aren't domestically based. They're not U.S.-based. You wouldn't be able to tell otherwise. How they hold your coin or your cash in particular settings is important make sure it's secure. So our, our program actually does allow you to use both types and have the protection of there's a third party could trust custodian that is responsible for those funds so that you're, you're keeping things at arm's length distance away from yourself to keep it clean and easy. Yep. So let's talk a, a little bit about something else. I've heard and in part of working, I'll say it candidly, to impeach our governor here in Nevada, who's uh, decided to take a very different uh, conversation than how this great state was formed. So in that, I'm uh, you know privileged to some interesting conversations. Uh, and given that I'm going to say cheating, right, alleged or not, um, I just think it's really hard that dead people can vote. So how do you trust this nation? How do you trust the depth of that? I love how Hannity you know, calls it the swamp. Uh, where do you put your money? Do you really keep it in the United States? And Kelly, I want you to lead off because I know uh, we've had this conversation of and I'm just, I'll talk about, I won't name the bank, but, you know, there was a bank that had a lot of compliance. And this is my core, like, operating company. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, we woke up to zero dollars. Um, you can imagine I'm moving banks in our account because compliance had a discrepancy between the trust that owned the management company and another entity that owned it. And there was an address discrepancy. So no one called us. No one called. And I think you all know, I mean, I have an army here that works here at the company. So it's not like our phones aren't answered. No one even called to say, hey, we have an incongruency in an address. They just took our money. And then it took over a week to get it back. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, personal experience. Um, I obviously have money out of the country. What are you going to tell those people who say, where do I go? Because I, I think it's why digital currency has come to the forefront during this, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to use Ken's words, this China experience of uh, <laughs> the China virus. Um, what do you guys think? Where do you put your money? I would have work, you know, trust in where in digital currencies in some level. Well, in my personal opinion is the U.S. is still the best place to invest. We can complain all we want about the way certain things work in this country, whether it's our political system 
or our, our financial system. But at the end of the day, at least you have recourse here that you can understand. It's easy enough to hire an attorney. And attorneys really get things done quickly at banks. That being said, remember, the smaller banks are at a huge disadvantage, and we need them as a society, just like we used to need the thrifts. And the smaller banks now replace essentially what used to be thrifts, which is savings and loans, for example. But in terms of investment, I still think keeping your money domestically is wise. I don't like investment opportunities that might be in the Philippines or Vietnam. I have no way of policing that. And so if I can't police it, I don't invest in it. That's my own opinion. Um, I want boots on the ground on anything I touch with the stock market. Like you said, it's it's there. It's publicly disclosed. Now we can argue and have debates. Is that really real? Is there a political motivation behind the numbers inside of a company? I would actually say I would highly doubt that just given the nature of the regulatory environment that we have. So um, in terms of that, stay U.S. is my opinion, especially for now, as much as the Merck we might be swimming in in our existing political dilemma. Ultimately, I think the water is a lot cleaner in the United States to swim in than anywhere else. So there's where I am there. And on the banking side, it is kind of interesting, uh, even for a company like ours, which is a fintech company. Remember, we're regulated too, and we are held to a higher standard. That's the pothole that any company nowadays has to jump across in terms if they're involved in any regulated space. And here we are with the new administration coming in. I will tell you that that is of a concern. It should be a concern of all people, whether you're Democratic or Republican, for overregulation inside of many different industries, whether it is the equities markets or the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency markets or even in the real estate markets. I have seen many, many people get into trouble because of the regulatory nature of this country, um, essentially thinking that all businesses are thieves. And they come from this guilty, rather in presumed guilty point of view. And that's the way our judicial system works. Um, I have very strong opinions here, but I've seen this firsthand. And that's why you have to be really wary of the risks that remain in our society now and especially over the next six months. So just remember out there, there's a lot of things to invest in, but the potholes are large. Yeah. And we just have to, like Ron Legrand said, you stay in your lane, you work with the things you know the best you can, because that's the best way to avoid a pothole. But at the end of the day, if you do that, then you're not outside the risk curve at all. And if you're not doing that, it's hard to make money. So you got to balance that off. It's a tough job. Just be careful out there. Tons of opportunity, but tons of new risks, some that we haven't even understood ourselves yet. Yep. Anybody else want to comment on that? I think the only thing I would add is that it's helpful in times like this to think less narrowly and and broaden the scope and think a little longer. uh, because. You can kind of lose your mind a little bit checking day in and day out and the volatility of everything. And then you'll see a day where you're, you'll go to bed and be like, you know what? I think I want to do stocks. And then the next morning you wake up and the market opens really red and you're like, well, that, that was a bad sign. And then you keep finding these and then you become analysis paralysis. You think a little bit longer about where do you want to see yourself and your portfolio be for the next one, two, three years? That gives you a little bit of an advantage from 
the daily volatility that may defer your your actions. And then the only thing I would say is position yourself. I, I get it. I probably every person on this panel gets clients that are like, I would have, could have, should have when they all they had to do was move their funds in position. And that's getting them in the right account with the right entity, with all the right details so that when the opportunity rises, if Bitcoin pulls back $2,000 in a day, you can maximize. Or if there's a big fallout in the stock plays and you can go there or there's a big opportunity, but without positioning, you're pretty much like Warren said, tie both hands behind my back and then blame me. <laughs> well, they got to blame someone. Any, uh, Warren, you want to comment on that? From my side of the world, flexibility is super important. If we're looking at entity structuring, when we're looking at setting you up tax-wise, let's not paint ourselves into a corner yet. Let's look for things that give us a big window of time before we have to lock in a position like a type of entity or, or something like that. We need just enough flexibility because regardless, regardless, I think I said this last time we did one of these calls and when we were just pretending that Biden might win, I think we still are, but we were saying, regardless, we will, we're a bunch of smart people here, right? And we'll figure this out. I mean, we're going to win in the long run. That doesn't matter, but the path to doing that is going to be a little bit different. So we have to be flexible and be ready to make changes in our lives of, of how we've set things up. We can't get locked into one mindset that says, well, this is the way we've always done it. So in your mind, the entity structure, which I think you know, we've always said to Randy and I went in teaching, it really leads the strategy in a lot of levels, correct? Oh, absolutely. The proper entity structure is the number one building block in attack strategy. Everything else we can look at is great, but we, we get the most bang for our buck by getting the entities right. Yep. Ken, any uh, comments on uh, from where you sit? You know, I don't know that I'm the right one to comment on investment markets, but taxation all day long. And, you know, when you're planning out your mortgage strategy in balance with your taxation strategy, husbands and wives have a lot of flexibility. One is an earner, one is a, you know, an expenser or a loser, so to speak. Keeping yourself in check for when you do want to be borrowing. You know, what I see a lot of is, you know, tax strategies that are designed for, well, hey, I made a bunch of money over here and we lost a bunch of money over here. Therefore, we balanced out. And people ignore the fact that any losses that are associated can count against the individual. So I've always suggested that people keep one, if in a married couple scenario, one person financeable and, you know, the other takes a loss. And so the biggest thing going forward, I, I'm 100% with Warren in that, you know, change the code all you want. We'll just figure out how to dance a different dance. So be that as it may, plan it wisely so that your future is still open. All right. Any kind of closing words? I mean, I think we've kind of went around. Um, I say the themes are make sure you're incorporated immediately. Warren, we've been saying really this week is really your last week. It's not legally your last week. But what would you say like, from a CPA standpoint is really the drop dead deadline for them to use 2020 as uh, some sort of a corporate entity uh, deduction right. platform? Yeah, we've really got to get it. This week is pretty fairly accurate. I mean, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. And then, I mean, theoretically, you look at the calendar and so say there's time, but there's a lot of people going on vacation, a lot of holidays coming up. And who knows what the heck they're going to shut down next week. So, uh <laughs> So we don't know. So get things set up. I want to definitely say, you know, those of you who have S-Corps and things like that, 
don't forget, and, and this is one of the pet is you, you've got to do something with your year-end payroll. So make sure you're talking to whoever your tax advisor is and your payroll people to make sure you get your payroll locked in for what you need. Uh, there's a lot of great things or bad things that can happen by getting payroll wrong. Interesting. All right. So uh, get those two set. Uh, review your mortgages. I would say get an appointment with Chris and uh, make sure you're in flip. What else? Uh, any other final final words of wisdom? Today we have, if you're on the big table, four to five. Um, I believe uh, Warren and, uh, well, I'd like all of you to join if you can. But we're going to like roll up our sleeves because it is uh, the client base. We're going to talk more at four, four to five Pacific on our laser call um, and just keep this conversation moving. I know Ken's going to be there. I think Warren, you're going to be there as well. And uh, we got to get your financial infrastructure. Also put on your calendar December 16th. And uh, all of you that are on the panel will be necessary at some point during that day. If you have other things that are blocked, December 16th is our big table day. We're really going to dig into each topic of this financial infrastructure. So you can imagine, you know, Warren and Scott, you guys will start out right away from the the infrastructure of an entity, and then we'll build to, you know, a solo 401k. We'll have Joe, then Chris will go. So you can imagine we're just going to be going throughout the day and uh, putting the building blocks together for everyone for a great year end and setting up whatever's going to happen in 2021 and start setting your plan. Anything else, gentlemen? I appreciate your time. Appreciate you being here. And uh, I think the theme is make sure your house is in order and uh, make that a huge priority between now. And uh, we'll see the big planning year in for us will be on December 16th. Then we'll have a few weeks off and then back up on January 6th. So uh, mark your calendars. Uh, know that those are coming soon. And uh, gentlemen, appreciate your time on our Economic Truth broadcast. Thanks, Thanks for appreciate it. One last comment. Those of you who want to see Ron the Grand, um, again, it's in the chat, asklaurel.com forward slash terms. He will be back tomorrow, one o'clock. I'll be uh, doing the opening and then closing with a whole bunch of questions. So we'll talk to you then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Music.